I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. world and welcome back to another episode of Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. I hope you all have been having a fantastic week. We are so close to the weekend and I don't know about you, but I just want to sleep. But I'm also going to see John Mayer this Sunday and I am so freaking excited. I've seen him twice in concert before and both times I sobbed my eyes out. So I have pre-warned my sister who um, I'm dragging with me that I will cry my eyes out. And you know, it's okay. It's okay to let it out, you know, every once in a while in front of John Mayer. It's fine. Um, But I'm very excited uh, to see him live again. He's a very good performer. So yay to that. What else is going on? Um, I feel like I am very busy and um, I love that. I'm so happy that I'm busy and um, there's definitely going to be some stuff that I'm going to be able to talk about soon. But yeah, things have been wild over here. Crazy, crazy. So many Diet Cokes, so little time. Before we jump into this interview, let's take a quick, quick break and listen to an ad from our podcasting friends. Hello, you. Let me ask you something. Why haven't you subscribed to Class Horrorcast yet? Huh? You think I'm not going to notice? I see everything. And I see you wetting your pants right now. The question isn't, should you subscribe to Class Horrorcast or not? 
The question is, did I just subscribe you? <laughs> now enjoy the show. I'll be watching. Today on the show, we have the fantastic Eric Nelson. You can currently see him on Paramount Plus's hit TV series, 1883. But before that, he was on Broadway as a wee kid in the original cast of 13. And yes, he has done everything in between, and it was such a pleasure talking to him. So here is my conversation with the incomparable Eric Nelson. And welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Nelson. Thank you. Very happy to be here. It's good to see you. Good to see you. I'm so happy to have you on. Um, we have so much to talk about, but I would love to start with um, your new show, 1883, because, I mean, what a what a cool thing to be a part of. It, I mean, it truly, yeah, no, it's it's been it's been insane. Like getting into it, we all knew, you know, kind of piggybacking off of Yellowstone that, mm -hmm. you know, because of the they've already kind of put the work in for us. The fan base was already kind of handed to us right. from them, but it's still, there was a lot of pressure to kind of live up to that. Cause mm -hmm. you know, that show's just incredible. And so it, it was kind of like that, you know, yeah, we're so excited for all the fans and all the support, but then it's like, Oh gosh, we have to deliver. And <laughs> Taylor Sheridan. I have to just, do my job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, Oh wow. Now, now I got to do something about this. Um, <laughs> But no, it, the response has just been more than I ever could have dreamed of. And it, it just seems to be, you know, just continuing to just keep skyrocketing. So it's it's been amazing. Such a blessing. That's so cool. And I mean, you've had some heavy hitters on that show. And I was looking at your Instagram and holy hell, Tom Hanks. What? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. We. It was crazy. It's one of those shows that like there'd be like these little guest spots here and there. And we had no idea who was going to be playing anything until like a couple days before. <laughs> and then Taylor would come in or, or, or Tim McGraw would come in and be like, Hey, did you hear who's uh, playing the captain and uh, the flashback scene? I was like, no, he's like Tom Hanks. I was like, come again. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. He's I'm like, that, that role doesn't even have any lines. He's like, Oh yeah, they'll probably give him like a line or two, but yeah, he just, he wanted to do it for us. I was like, okay, that's insane. <laughs> oh my and, God. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, well, not apparently, him and Tim McGraw have been best friends for like 25 years. What? Not a, I know not a lot of people know that. They've kind of kept their friendship under wraps. But like anytime Tim McGraw is in L.A., he stays at Tom's house. Stop like it. They've been. No, they're, they're family friends from like forever ago. So I think Tim called him and was like, hey, I've never asked you to do anything. Yeah. I've always wanted to work with you. Would you want to do something on 1883? And he was like. Absolutely. For you, of course. And so i that's pretty much how we got him. That. Tim just called him up and he was like, yeah, let's do it. Okay. We love a celebrity secret friendship. I mean, that is so cute. I love I know. that. <laughs> I know. So unassuming too, those two. Yeah. But. Well, they both seem like very like down to earth guys. Like they remind me of, you know, like the Mark Cubans of the acting where it's like, they're just wearing like regular jeans and their flip flops hanging out. You wouldn't even notice if you were out and about with them. Yeah, it's so true. It's uh, and that's exactly how they are, you know, in every aspect of their life. So it makes it that much easier to be around. And you know, of course, meeting and and working with 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 people that you just admire and look mm -hmm. up to your whole career. It's 
always that moment of like intimidation or not necessarily intimidation, but like, oh, I just hope they're who I think they are. Right. I hope, you know, oh, please don't let me down. Don't be like somebody I'm not going to enjoy being around. Don't be an around. ass. Please make sure that you are so great so that I can keep putting you on the pedestal. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so in this case, far exceeded my expectations. Couldn't couldn't be nicer people in the world. That's great. I mean, he is America's dad, so that's yeah, good. This is true. Um, <laughs> But let's go back to the start of everything because, I mean, you got your start pretty young. You were on Broadway as, like, a kid. So yeah. how how did that come about? Like, what was the moment for you as a child actor that you were like, oh, I need to be in this. I like performing and making people smile or whatever it is. Yeah, it's interesting because, like you said, I did start young. And so at that age, to me, it was just like this really fun thing, mm -hmm. you know? It was cool. It was fun. My little brother actually is the reason I started in the industry. <laughs> He's six years younger than me, and he got scouted out of South Florida uh, at, at some little local like dancing acting competition that we both were in, and they were uh, casting Chip in Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Oh, wow. And I think he's like five years old at this point. And we had never you know, nobody in my family was on Broadway or in the arts, really. It, it, it just came out of nowhere. Um, and they were like, please, we'll fly him up there. We really think he's perfect. So long story short, he gets the job. We we're only supposed to be there for a few months to let him do it. And then we we're going to go back to Florida. But I got up there, signed with an agent right away. And we both just started booking work out wow. of like just unexpectedly and just happened. We just never left. That was, <laughs> that was so many years ago. We just never went back to Florida. Um, and then there was just, it was, for me, it was fun and it was exciting. And I get to, you know, play, pretend and meet cool people and, yeah. um, you know, get amazing feedback and encouragement from the audiences and, and everything else. And so there was a moment where, I don't know, I must've, maybe after 13, uh, I, I might've been like 17 or 18. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, okay, this, I got to make a choice now. Is this going to be like my career mm -hmm. or is this still like my fun thing that I do on the side that I can't believe I get paid to do because it's too much fun. <laughs> and, and I was just like, yeah, this is definitely what I want to do. Uh, I've never loved something more in my life. And, you know, the fact that it is fun is amazing, but it's also the hardest work ever. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of ups and a lot of downs. So it's, you know, I'm like, if you don't 100% wholeheartedly feel there's nothing else that you should be doing in the world, do <laughs> unless you have that feeling, don't even waste Stay your time. Away. Yes. Um, yes. I want to talk to you, though, about that transition, because I, when I made that transition from being a child actor into adult years, it mm. was it was like jarring really because I remember somebody telling me like everything you've done up until this point doesn't matter anymore because that was your childhood career. Now you're an adult. So you need to figure out new things and do new things and you can't use that footage anymore. You have to start over. And it was one of those things like, wait a second, I've already put in, you know, 15 years. What do you mean I'm starting over? I don't get it. What was that transition like for you? Because for me, I was just like, what in the heck is going on? Yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up. Because, you know, so oftentimes we see these kids that we saw in all the movies, all the shows back then, and then they just disappear. 
it's exactly what you said. It's that transition. They just couldn't get either past that transition or, Mm -hmm. you know, they just were never looked at like an adult because of all the kid work or they just, you know, weren't conscious of the fact that you really do have to make that flip. Yeah. And uh, it's difficult to do. Um, For me, it was hard. I went through like this two year period where it's like I didn't know what I was, who I was, what am I playing? Mm -hmm. Who am I playing? Like, why can't I book work? Uh, it was confusing yep. <laughs> and all the things. And so I, I went the other way and I was like, well, I'm here, you know, made some money as a kid. Now I'm in LA by myself trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do as an adult. Let me just have fun. Let me just, it'll all work itself out. Yeah. And so I got caught up in all that Yeah. and you know, the partying and the wanting to meet people. Cause I was from the East coast. So I got out to LA mm. as a 17, 17 year old. Uh, and I was just like, oh, I got to make my name known. I got to be cool. I want to So not popular. only did you make a transition that is incredibly difficult, you know, harder, basically, by going yes. to a different city and already in the middle of a transition from being a child actor to an adult actor. Yeah. So I was just so <laughs> lost and, uh, you know, just living it up, thinking that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And of course, I got no work from it no. at all. And I went back to New York with my tail between my legs. Mm-hmm. And was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get my stuff together and figure out, you know, what, what I need to do uh, to make this work because this is what I want to do. So, um, just I mean, it's like a full like rebranding. It yeah. was weird, um, but yeah, you know, just being conscious of it, I think, is the is an amazing first step. And then, um, you know, like you said, getting the new pictures and getting the new. Everything else. And for me, I think I even changed agencies because I had, mm-hmm. you know, was with my youth agent. And then I was like, all right, I want to get with an adult one. You know, this is this is the way it's going. So let me just ride with it. And then eventually I just kind of found my place. And um, I think I needed to mature before that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the fact that I was, you know, on set and, you know, on stage with all these you know, talented people and so many ways it makes you grow up very quickly. Yep. And then other ways I was like, oh, but I still like didn't really get to live out like a high school experience right. and, and all these other things. And so it set me back in certain areas as well. I um, 100% relate to that because there's, you know, there's people that I talk to now that had that regular growing up. They weren't actors when they were kids or teens. And so it's interesting because it's like, I feel like experience wise I missed out on something but I wouldn't have changed it Mm -hmm. but you also don't have that like history to pull from as an adult now right so true so it's it's a weird like balance because it's like I wouldn't trade all the things that I did when I was a kid because it was so fun and being an actor when you're like a kid and teenager like you know like it's it's so cool because you just think like, oh, my God, I'm in this really interesting world. I get to play. I know all these fun people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then one day you're just like, OK, I got to I got to grow up a little bit, mature a little bit. And um, if I'm going for this, I'm going to jump right in and, you know, let's let's focus on the next chapter of my career. Yeah. Um, and then that, you know, started to. um started to fall together for me and uh then I kind of got it and um understood okay here's my place in the industry again right. you know this this is fun and exciting so you know never a dull moment though no <laughs> even, never even today you know never yeah so tell me a little bit about that you know falling into it finding 
you know, your place in this crazy little industry that we're in. What was that like first role as an adult actor where you were like, oh, okay, I'm getting the jive. I understand what I need to do. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, well, let me think. I was, I think I was, I think I was 19. No, how old was I when I, uh, yeah, maybe it was, I was like 19 mm -hmm. or 20 when I got all my children. Mm. Uh, when they brought it back, Hulu did a revival of it and wanted to, you know, make it this new all my children for right. Hulu. And um, th I think that was the point where I was like, okay, that like really kind of brought me back and, uh, you know, was, was my first big experience on a, you know, long running show again, since having had the younger roles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so that was a big wake up call for me. And um, then I started looking at the industry, not from a, this is so much fun and this is, you know, a, but from a, you know, what do I want to do? What 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 roles are speaking to me? Why am I wanting to choose certain roles? What do I want my career to look like from, you know, my perspective, but also how does it look from the outside? And then I started like on this, like I like I started getting really into like intense, edgy, mm. dramatic stuff, and I was like this is what I want to focus on right now. And then my grandma was so confused because I started getting like all these like drug addict roles and like, <laughs> you know, like intense storylines. And she's like, this is like back to back to back jobs like this. Uh, you know, it's weird. You're, you're kind of getting into this. I was like, I know, but for me right now, like this is so much fun. Yeah. Like, and I'm really loving sinking my teeth into this, like in, you know, intense stuff that was so opposite from, from my life. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it just kind of started escalating from there. But yeah, I think, I think doing all my children in 2013 was kind of like that turning point for me of like, yes, I'm going for it as an adult and this is why, and this is what I want. Mm -hmm. And this is, these are my goals. You know, I'm not just floating around in the business, you know, cause things are happening. I, yeah. I want, you know, I was setting goals for myself. I was, you know, had high expectations of myself. And of course, throughout all this still um, taking classes and, right. and stuff like that. Cause I, I do think that's important even today. Um, I, I love working with my coach on on everything, and um, so you know, it was just it was it was just a matter of just changing that 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 perspective, mm -hmm. and I, I'm pretty sure that was the job that kind of did that for me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's easy to be in this industry and, like you said, just kind of float and mm -hmm. wait for things to come to you, and you know, just be on this little roller coaster instead of actually doing stuff to help your career, making those goals, realizing what you want, what you need as an artist, like what you need to do to be able to fulfill that part of you is such mm -hmm. a huge thing. It really is. It really is. And I always look around and I'm like, the minute I'm tired or slacking or oh, I'll read the script later or whatever, I don't, I just always remind myself there are so many people fighting tooth and nail right now mm -hmm. to get this much of what opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're fighting for or been handed. And so it's just, I'm always kicking myself in the butt to yeah. just keep, keep going harder, keep going faster. Yeah. Um, don't, don't stop the work. Um, 
even even you know when it feels easy and you're on a cushiony show and and life is good and everybody wants to talk to you and you know you're 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 busy and making money and whatever else comes with it um it's it's easy to to kind of you know just take a breath when you're in that moment mm-hmm. but i swear it's like the minute you take that breath Somebody there's like else, 20 yeah. 20 other people that aren't that are just going to keep on chugging um it's so true. that yeah but that's been my biggest thing there's also like the opposite of that where it's like it's so easy to compare yourself as to like well why am i not getting these type of roles why am i not going to like why am i not doing this too Yes. But also then kicking yourself and realizing, oh, wait, I've actually I've done a lot. I've had a good career. Like, I'm still working on it. Like, it's okay if I'm not where they are right now, which this industry loves to try and, in my opinion, pit actors against each other. And there's like this huge competition and this like rivalry with people. But it's like we're all on our different paths. And what's good for that person right now may not be good for me right now. So true. So true. Yeah. I mean, that was something I constantly struggled with as well. I mean, I went to a professional performing arts school in Manhattan, and uh, it's basically where the the working children who live in Manhattan go to school. Mm. Um, it's the fame school. You know, there's, <laughs> there's, there's LaGuardia and there's PPAS um, that are, you know, public performing arts high schools that you kind of you have to audition to be in there. But it's really cool because they supply you your tutors when you're on set oh, and they wow. really c- cater to the industry. Um, but needless to say, I was going to school with, you know, all the big children TV stars yeah. and Broadway stars. And so many of them like never skipped a beat and just continue to sail. And I had that lull period where I was just like, what's going on? And I mm-hmm. kept thinking in my head and he's doing that. And she's now on Modern Family. And I can't, you know, I'm like, okay what why why isn't it happening for me right (laughs) what what's the deal um so yeah you're right that was you know that was definitely something that i thought about and struggled with and you know ultimately uh was able to overcome and um just know that there's there's a a time and a place for everything and uh it's never a matter of if it's when Mm -hmm. uh you know the the cliche term but it's so true it's true Um, i mean it's just that's the biggest thing about being an actor is like if you stay in it if you keep working it will happen you just have to be patient right and work hard and work very hard yes and go to your classes and (laughs) work your muscle um you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything you might shop while working eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Mm 
Do you like science fiction? I'm Carrie Bechet, and if you loved movies like Arrival or Interstellar, then you're going to want to check out my podcast, Hypothetical. On Hypothetical, we tell speculative sci-fi stories interwoven with real science. New episodes every Tuesday, available wherever you get podcasts. But real quick, I want to talk a little bit about the Bay because, hi, Daytime Emmy, what's up? How was that? (laughs) So fun. Uh, It really was. We, so I was... All my children was just wrapping up. We did, I don't know, I think like 45 episodes or something. And then uh, we were at the daytime Emmys. I was presenting and Gregory Martin, who created the Bay, walks over and he's like, hey, I you know, loved you on all my children. Um, you know, I've got an online series myself. And at the time, online anything was so foreign. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a thing yet. We were one of the first shows on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, I, always, I always laugh that we were like, we were the number one Hulu show forever. The entire time we were on it. Now, of course, it's like to be number one on Hulu is is you know Handmaid's was, Tale or something. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable yeah. the 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 content that's out now. Uh, but at the time, it was still new, and it's like you know, what's this Hulu thing? What's this? You know, do we get a prescript subscription? Do we not? Uh, and so he was on that wagon, and he you know mm-hmm. is uh, has always been revolutionary in the way he thinks and and works, and so he. He was on that early, even before all my children started on Hulu. And so he's like, I got this online show and explained it to me. And a lot of the people I had known and, and worked with actually were were working on it. And so it's like, I would love to. I'm coming out to LA uh, once we wrap and, you know, let's do it. But I just produced my first feature and I really enjoyed the producing aspect. Mm. And so I was like, I'd love to come on, but can I come on board as a producer as well? And um we worked it out and, you know, he was like, yeah, he was really cool with it. And so I kind of got to be on both sides, oh, which was nice. a lot of fun and, you know, kind of gave a little more control creatively and um, just to kind of, you know, be on the other side of things mm-hmm. uh, as well as on the show. And um, the first season I was on it is the first year they won the Emmy. Wow. And um, then the next year won it again. And then the next year, I think won it one more time. And then the following year I won it for supporting actor. Amazing. And I was just uh, like, it was so much more than I ever could have hoped from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always this little engine that could, and I just kept on chugging along, <laughs> you know, it didn't have a big budget in the beginning or anything like that. And um, it just kind of kept growing and growing. And then we were filming internationally and, you know, since then been able to film in London and Belgium and Puerto Rico and all these cool places with the show. So it really was, an incredible time and uh you know experience and w- was so happy to be involved with it um and met amazing people and there's a lot of there's a lot of daytime people uh that you and I probably both know yeah. that have you know been in and out on it so it's been cool and it's been this this consistent steady um show that whenever you know if I go away for other work or have to leave for this or that it's always there if i want to go back to it which is fun it's like a nice little home base yes yes exactly exactly you talked a little bit about being on the other side of things and i want to talk about the fact that you're a co-producer for the inheritance which was on broadway and won a tony what (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so yeah so (laughs) 
as you know, I started in theater. That was kind of what got me into the to the business. And so theater's always been my 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 first love in the arts yeah. and always will be. And so I knew that one day I wanted to produce Broadway. Um because once I got into film and TV producing and I loved it, I, I just knew that one day I had wanted to produce a Broadway show mm. just to, you know, give back to the community and have a hand in any sort of creative process that there is to have uh, before it hits the stage and, and whatever else have you. And I was fortunate enough to, to be able to jump on with The Inheritance right after it won uh, the Laurence Olivier Award for Best Play in London. Wow. So it was just such a special, special piece and one I just knew. And before that, there were a number of shows that now looking back on it, I wish I would have jumped on as a producer because they just like Dear Evan Hansen, for instance. Oh, shit. Uh, that like I could have been <laughs> involved with, but at the time I just wasn't ready to pull the trigger. Yeah. And uh, was just looking for something to really check every single box. And The Inheritance did that for me. Mm. And um, it was it was an amazing experience. And it really was full circle for me. Um, just having had that dream for so long of, um, you know, I got to do the Broadway thing as an actor, but I was like, I really want to see it and experience it from a producer side. Yeah. And so um, it just brings up smash in my head where I'm like, I want to see <laughs> the insides of it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, you know, it it was tough because it was the year that ran into the pandemic. And mm. so every show closed that spring. Uh, so it didn't have the life uh, that it otherwise would have. Um, but we were open and ran long enough to, you know, run through and, and, and be nominated for a Tony and then win a Tony, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and it will have life after, you know, it's already slated for a bunch of places and HBO was talking about uh, filming it for, you know, oh, kind of great. A, a broadcast. Um, so yes, it's not, it's not over with the pandemic, <laughs> which is good. Um, but it was an incredible experience and, and such a, a gripping and heart-wrenching play, um, which is actually in three acts. Oof. So, yeah, it's a marathon. Oof. I mean, <laughs> but they break it into two different shows. Okay. So, yeah, so you'll see, like, the first show, kind of how they started with Harry yeah, Potter when say, that first came yeah, to Broadway. Cursed Child. Um, yeah, and so then you'd go another day to see the second part. Okay. Um, so it is very much a marathon. Uh, but Ooh, it's, it's, yeah. it's, yes, but Worth it's one it. of those, oh, oh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you just want to escape and, and just really just uh, the writing and the directing and the acting and it's just all, it is to me theater, like mm. it is an explosive piece of theater that you will feel all the things and just, you look at your watch when it's over and it's like, how many hours has it just been? Right. I could sit here all day and just keep watching. Yeah. Um, oh, God, I Bell. love that. Uh, I know. I and love so that feeling. <laughs> yeah. That, so, yes, all the things. Um, so that was amazing yeah. and so much fun. And it really was such a privilege to to be even a minute part of this 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 big piece. We are once again going to take a real quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Pete. And I'm Ethan. And if you're looking for a podcast starring two celebrities, then you've come to the wrong place. But if you're looking for a podcast where two friends dive deep into their favorite films and stuff, then welcome home. Oh, and if you're also looking for a podcast that gives you life advice, 
you are in the right place as well. Disclaimer, we are going to arm you with some pretty heavy-duty hot takes and opinions, but we do not take any responsibility for what you do with the information and the perspectives that we give to you. Double disclaimer, we do, however, take full responsibility for you being a huge success, even if we had nothing to do with it. Isn't that the opposite of a disclaimer? Maybe. I guess it's just a claimer. (laughs) Welcome to the Films and Stuff podcast. A podcast where we talk about films and stuff. Our podcast is out weekly, sometimes more, and keeps you informed about the latest shows and movies that you can see at home or in the cinema. That's right, Ethan. But don't forget about the stuff. We also talk about the latest gadgets, gizmos, games, and other G words that sound like they're worth discussing. Subscribe to our podcast and join us every Monday morning as we take a deeper dive into shows and movies that we've just watched. And using our personally developed subscribe, mooch, or ignore rating system, you'll know if a show or movie is worth your time or not. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other places where podcasts can be found. Reach out to us on Twitter at F&S Podcast. Or Instagram at Films and Stuff Podcast. Our website at www.filmsandstuffpodcast.com. And we also have an email, filmsandstuffpodcast at gmail.com. What are you waiting for? A written invitation? Subscribe, tweet, follow, and email us now. Films and Stuff. There is no substitute. Uh, so on the show, we like to share audition stories. Now that can be, um, you know, something funny that's happened in the room, something that went awry or the one that got away. Um, do you have a story you'd like to share with the listeners? Oh my gosh. I feel like <laughs> all my auditions are terrible stories. <laughs> like, something's always going wrong. Or I mean, it's just, I don't like auditions. Um, There's so much harder... <laughs> I know. And there's so much harder now. I mean, the self-taping thing is fun and easy because you can like take all the time you need in the world, but yeah, I do but... miss that, like that interaction. Well, with the, people. the interaction and the redirection and the things that you, that happen in the room that can only happen in the room. Right, right, right. I, I miss it so much, but uh, let me think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez, there's been, so th- I went through this period of time where I was like, all right, I really need to go in there completely the character look everything like fully committed if it says this guy's got uh i don't know a mustache i if i can't grow and i was gonna go in there with like a fake mustache (laughs) on like the cheesiest worst thing and one time i'm auditioning for a movie to play uh terry melcher or i think that was his last name who he was um during the the Charlie Manson stuff, he was the record producer mm. that was, uh, you know, Charlie was wanting to work with him, and he had this long blonde hair like I have, and kind of have similar looks, but he had these like crazy sideburns oh, no. that went all the way down. I was like, "There's no way I can grow those." I went to a wig shop. No, you did not. Yes, I did, and I was like, "I'm gonna put these sideburns, and I'm gonna look so much like him, and give a, a great performance." They're they're just gonna give me the, the contract right then in there. I walk in the room. It takes the casting three seconds to be like, what's on your face? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? I'm like playing it off. You know, I was like, 
what do you mean? Is it, can you take off the sideburns? Like they were, I guess they were that fake. And now they look back like they were horrible. Uh, she's like, that's, that was, and like was laughing at me. Like you're doing. And I, I, mean, I was dead. I was dead serious. I thought it was the best idea in the world. And like big, like they're taking up most of my face. Yeah. And, and three seconds, she just starts laughing and like, didn't take me seriously from that point oh, on. And no. not a word I said of my audition went through her head. She was like, this kid's a joke. Like why, like, you know, is this, is this a clown costume? Oh how no. It's how I felt she interpreted yeah. what I was doing. Um, and yeah, so she made me take them off. And then of course, like, the sticky glue shits on my face and it's like clumpy and like looking where I'm like, this is the worst possible thing that could have happened. And I went in there thinking it was the smartest thing. And from that moment on, I was like, all right, nope, nope. We're going to let the work do the talking and uh, that'll be that. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. That was embarrassing. Yeah. That'll do it. And you know, back then everyone's waiting in the waiting room together and you know, all the the people there. And like it's the guys I audition with all the time, and they're looking at me like, "Really, Eric? Really?" They're like, "Eric, did you?" No, those are those are fake. Eric, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. That. I mean, I've definitely done that. Not as far as you, <laughs> but I've done the whole like fake tattoo thing. Like if it says like she's heavily mm. tatted, like putting just like one fake tattoo, or like doing the um when I go out for like goth rolls a lot, I'll do like a fake nose ring or something just to yes. like give a little yeah. something. Yeah. But now I won't because I'm like, that's, they don't need to see that. They have an imagination. <laughs> like they can figure it out. Yeah. But it's weird though. Cause sometimes I really think some casting directors don't have an imagination. I agree. I'm like totally. There are those people. Yeah. I'm like, some, it's like finding that fine line of like when to really show them what, it says on the page and then when to really just show them the work mm-hmm. and they can f- see the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Cause oftentimes I've been like, okay, if I went in there, cause I, then I look at the guy they cast and he was so like what I saw the breakdown looking like, I was like, okay, like, you know, maybe it was one of those instances where I just should have showed them everything they needed to wanted to see right. expecting to see. You know, this punk go in there with the the the, the punk look and the, the earrings and the whole thing. Um, so it's interesting. It's like it can it's, go either way. Yeah, it's a it's a tough line to to toe on because it's like if you have that audition where, I mean, the classic one is like a nurse or a police officer. It's like you right. don't want to go in dressed as a nurse or a police officer. But if you're right. going in as a police officer, you better be wearing a blazer and you better have your hair back and you better look still like how you would if you were in that uniform right exactly and it helps like my performance and stuff i feel like once i oh, put yeah. on like the you know the costume and the, the the whole look it's like that final piece of the puzzle that mm-hmm. just makes that character click you know it's 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 that feeling which is so fun which is what was so fun about 1883 because getting to do all that cowboy oh, stuff. oh yeah having that hat those. i mean i imagine you put that hat on and you're just like and i'm here Oh yeah. Let's I, do yes. this. <laughs> the, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah. So needless to say, uh, maybe, maybe uh, avoid the, uh, fake, uh, the fake mustache and mustache or sideburns side or, yeah. you know, wigs or maybe anything like that. I yeah, it didn't work for me. Right. Maybe it'll work better for someone else. <laughs> I will say just to, to piggyback on your, um, thing where you said that you don't know what a casting director is going to want. 
something I found helpful for actors who are listening to this, I have a Google sheet for all those casting directors that I go in for so that I can write down like, I know that these people need to see it, or I know that these people have an imagination and can picture me with blonde hair or whatever. Like, Mm. I've always felt that that's such a good way to track, especially because each casting director has like their own style, their own way of doing things. They like specific things that others hate. Um, So for me, that's always been a way for me to be like, oh, this person, okay, I know that they want this, this, and this for me. Yeah, that's so smart. That really is. I got you. Man, I'm I'm taking notes over here. Pump up that Google Sheet. Um, So what's next for you? I mean, you have 1883, and then obviously, I mean, it sounds like you'd love to produce more. So is that on the horizon? Uh, yes, yes, all of it. Um, right now they've they've kind of got us locked in for another month or so, just doing press stuff, and they've got us, you know, traveling all over the place for for different functions and stuff for the show and promotion and and all that. Um, and then after that, you know, back uh, back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. But there's been a, a couple of things, uh, a couple of films come my way that I'm looking forward to coming up, um, which will be fun. Nothing I can share yet. Um, <laughs> But I, I, as soon as I can, I will be. Um, but yeah, it's 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 been really cool. The the show's definitely uh, opened up a lot of doors. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, very very blessed and 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 just excited uh, for everything that that this has opened up for me. And um, I hope. Uh, well, I was gonna say something, but I can't. I can't say ah! it yet. But I'm excited to share at some point. Um, but yes, we'll also be producing too. Have nothing producing stuff. Nothing producing wise lined up right now. Mm-hmm. Basically, because the last five six months were were just I didn't have a second to think about anything else um, other than the show. But now that I can, hey, um, hey. I look forward to to diving into some scripts that are in my inbox as we speak and see if anything <laughs> jumps that out. are sitting there saying, "Read me." Read me. Please read me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, well, it's been a pleasure. How can people follow you on social media so they can keep up with everything and hear that big announcement? Instagram. Instagram is my my go-to. Um, love to connect and, and chat. And I read all the comments and, and everything because there's just been so much support and love. And um, I really do enjoy connecting. Uh, and that's been my favorite outlet to do it on. Mm-hmm. So at Eric Nelson official. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. It was so nice to talk to you and see you. It's been a while. Thank you. I know. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. And I love what you do. And hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, sounds good. (laughs) Thank you again to Eric for coming on the show. Uh, What a what a fun episode, man. I love doing this. This is so fun. Um, If you're not subscribed to the podcast by this point, well, you should be. So click that that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening or the follow button, whatever it is, and leave us some love, some rates and reviews. And hey, tune in next week. We have Mike Manning on the show. And um, until then, have a beautiful weekend. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new, or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk 
turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown.